Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie. And we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Sacred Symbols, a PlayStation podcast, is brought to you by, well, you. If you want to learn how to support our show, go to patreon.com slash laststandmedia. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Sacred Symbols, a PlayStation podcast. This is episode number 183. My name is Colin Moriarty. I'm joined today by my sons, Chris Ragon and Dustin Furman. Now, it's a special sort of episode. I'm going to go to the boys, ask them how they are. But if you're tuning in for the week's news, this will not be that episode. We want to continue to have content going out in the holidays. So we are pre-recording this. And as we did, I think the last two years, we are both touching on the year to have uh, we've already experienced the last 365 days. And we are going to move forward now and talk about the games that we're really excited about for 2022. And then you're listening to this. So next week, we'll be back. So don't, don't get too upset. Yeah. Don't get too worried. Take it easy. We're glad to be here with you, and you, we hope the holiday season is treating you well. But I just wanted to get right into that, answer those questions. Chris, how are you today? I'm doing all right. I kind of noticed the second we started recording that I, I forgot to clean my glasses today, which is annoying. Uh, I, was like, yeah. I usually do it like right before. I'm usually cleaning my glasses as we start because hmm. it's just a good... It seems like a good time to do it. Why not? But I forgot. We're all out. Of, we're all out of sorts. I know. I actually had to restart the show, which I usually never do. Just wasn't feeling it. Then I could hear treble barking in the background. You know, I had to go investigate that. 
I also feel a fart brewing. Ooh, oh, no. To be honest. You know, one of those ones that kind of linger and you, you're you not certain that if you let it go, anything can happen. things might happen. Anything can happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's how I'm feeling today. But uh, Chris, it's good to see you. Dustin, how are you today, my friend? Doing great. I'm, I'm pleased because they put it for pre-order the the persona vinyls which there's a box set and it's four hundred dollars i did not do that but <laughs> the uh i always told holly I, I told her i said listen if they ever put the persona 4 soundtrack on vinyl i'm buying it no matter what and today's the day i did it 120 bucks which still sure. it's it's a lot of money no doubt but i don't spring for these things often so i sure. thought you know what I'm doing it. So yeah, who am I, I to judge? I mean, yeah, I, I spend a lot of money on to- toys from the '80s. So who am I to judge? Yeah, just uh, expanding his vinyl collection uh, on a great soundtrack, by the way. That's right. Yeah. Well, it's good to see you boys, and good to be here with all of you out there. Again, hope the holiday season is treating you well as we go away. Hopefully, nothing important has happened. Uh, maybe Nintendo and Microsoft have created some sort of unholy alliance, and we're just we're helpless to even talk about it. Yeah. I have no idea. What, what might be happening out there, but hopefully nothing newsworthy. One of us might be dead live. That's, that's true. Also, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's well, also extremely possible. <laughs> this will exist. I assume YouTube will exist in a hundred years. And so these videos will just always bounce around. I assume just into deep, deep obscurity. Yeah. But someone could be watching this in 2100 and yeah, we are dead. Y- yeah. We're, we're dead yeah. as we're dead as hell. You know, it's, you know what I think about a lot is it's the fact that like we, we have recorded so much of ourselves in such a way that our great parent, great grandparents, like, could not have. So, like, just the, the, right. oh, eerie, the eeriness of being able to like watch two hundred and seven seventy whatever episodes of your great grandfather talking about anything must be so bizarre. And it's something we have no idea, but you guys will if you're watching this in twenty two hundred or whatever the hell. Oh, oh, definitely, <laughs> definitely. It's interesting, but you're right because especially I've put. Probably I, I've talked about the 10,000 hour mastery thing with podcasting before and how I think I've surpassed that 10,000 hour mark. It's just ha- it just must have been at some point. And that's just so much shit. Yeah. Just out there. It would be impossible not to know me. And I like, if you were curious about, you know, grand 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 great grandpappy Colin, you know, what was he like? Well, let's go watch his YouTube videos as we as we go to uh, the moons of Jupiter. It's so weird. All right. I don't know what we're talking about here. Well, as usual, PlayStation podcast, this episode designed to examine 2022. And I wanted to begin with a letter from the audience. Of course, you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Media for early ad free access to every episode of this show. Submit questions, comments, concerns, thoughts and ideas to the show. Access to Sacred Symbols Plus as well, which goes twice a week on Patreon. Our uh, you know, interview series, reviews, et cetera, and so on. A lot of stuff going on over there. You can support us for as little as $1 a month. People want me to point that out, so I'm pointing that out to you. But come join us over there. Spectre Bull wrote into us and said, Greetings, boys. Is it just me, or is 2022 not looking too exciting? Between the third-party publishers and lack of exclusives, I'm starting to wonder if 2022 is actually going to be where we feel the effects of COVID uh, on the industry. So... Chris, let's go to you first. Uh, in researching this, we each selected five games, five different games, which is good. And just looking through things, I kind of don't disagree with Spectre Bowl. It doesn't seem like a super vibrant year, but I'm not entirely sure why that is. I think if you're an Xbox player, it's looking better for later in the year. Mm-hmm. I definitely am excited about God of War and Horizon, no doubt. But it does seem a little like, nah, 
I don't know. Do you think that 2022 will be a boring year, kind of like 2021 was? No, I, I don't think so. Uh, I also don't necessarily think 2021 was all that boring. I, I think this mm. next year, there's a mm. lot of unproven material. You know, like we have a lot of stuff that very well could be cool and very well could not be so hot. I think we're all pretty... I think we all have a pretty decent amount of faith in Horizon and God of War because there's no reason to doubt those. But everything else that surrounds it, you know, either looks like it could be really cool, like, you know, Cyberpunk looked like it could be cool, but we saw how fumbled that got. And I don't know. There's a lot of games on this list that it's it's kind of up in the air as to whether or not these things are going to land or not. And I think the more exciting thing about this next year is kind of wondering which ones are going to hit and which ones won't because it seems like a pretty even-keeled year for, like, anything to kind of surprise and, like, kind of mm. take... Like, we don't know... Like, between, like, Forspoken and, and like, Suicide Squad and, and all these Hogwarts Legacy, I don't know which one of those is going to be the better game. Like, I have no idea. Could be Hogwarts. Could be, like, a, right. a myriad of other things. Like, it's it's... It's a it's a non predictable year, I think, which I think yeah. is actually a little bit more interesting than having a, a year where, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, you got Halo and Forza and, you know, you have things that you can predict are going to be pretty good, you know, with not too many surprises aside from like it takes two or or stuff like that, which was a surprise. But, you know, I, th I think this next year is going to be interesting more than more than anything. Well, I like your optimistic outlook. What do you think, Dustin? When I was researching titles to talk about for this episode, I was realizing the the same thing is that there's a lot of games that I feel like I've got my eye on this mm -hmm. year. A lot of games, like Chris was saying, that have seemingly a lot of potential, but also red flags that, you know, make you question, should I be excited about this? We're going to have to kind of wait and see. And yeah. the other thing that I was just thinking about this year is that I wonder if this will be a year where we see a lot of games announced and released in the same year in that mm. I'm wondering if there are some publishers and studios that are holding off announcements because just with the unknownness of, of COVID that they would kind of just rather wait and see until you get closer to around E3 time and then announce a game with a release date for holiday. So it's uh it's I think Chris is right in that this is a really interesting year. There's no doubt some absolutely huge huge games. Many many of them we're going to talk about here. Um and not just from PlayStation, but we mentioned Xbox and surely Nintendo will release their follow-up to Breath of the Wild, which is notably one of the best games they've ever put out for a lot of people, so that's going to be interesting. Mm -hmm. But it's uh I think I feel like we should term it the wild card year for right now mm -hmm. yeah interesting interesting nomenclature as we also move into wild card weekend around the time this is going to go live and the oh. nfl will be just a couple weeks away so i'm a big football fan so that was like my connection oh, yeah. there <laughs> that, of course wild card weekend of course the best weekend in all of football of course but i want to get into this i'll go last chris let's let the little boy dustin go first oh no We'll each go through our games as we usually do. One, 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 and so on and so forth. Dustin, take them in any order you'd like. I actually have mine in a specific order, and I'll present them like that, but I don't want everyone to have to play by my rules. So present your game, talk about it however you like, and uh, set the precedent Sure. by which we'll do the rest of this episode. So I'll go with the game that I know the least about, 
just because when I was researching for this, I stumbled across this game and I remember seeing this a year or two ago announced and completely forgetting about it. But this game is called Grand Blue Fantasy Relink. And this game is particularly curious in that it's from Psy Games, which is primarily known as a mobile game publisher in Japan. And while this isn't their first console game period, it is no doubt their most notable. Grand Blue Fantasy is is a huge, huge IP in Japan. Like I mentioned, the mobile game is huge. But also, they did a game, a fighting game, with uh, Arc System Works recently. I, I'm trying to remember exactly what that was called, but that was recent. And so what's uh, weird about this game also is just that this initially started as a collaboration between Platinum Games and Psy Games. And then at some point, Platinum Games exited the project. I, I don't know if it's known if they were if they left or they were asked to be, you know, they told them they were removed. But in watching the gameplay, this game looks awesome. It is a mix of platinum style combat and tales just coming off tales of Arise, it reminds me a lot of that as well and just a really visually striking jr action jrpg and i like i said i don't know anything about the grand blue universe or story uh but i was really honest, what is there to, what is there to know right yeah, yeah what is there like, really to know so <laughs> Overall, though, I'll be keeping my my eye on this game, no doubt. The the trailers, there's a ton of gameplay out for this game. There's a one hour video of gameplay that I was scrolling around in, and it it looks really really fun. The uh, by the way, the fighting game that you were talking about was Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. Yes, there we go. And that came to PS4 in the West in March of 2020. So you'll already have that out here. And I'm actually looking at the the roster of characters. These these names all mean something to someone. Zeta, hmm. Vase Raga, Jita. Damn. But, but March. I don't, know. I don't know anything about that. March 2020 is like a rough time for <laughs> for a video game to launch because that yeah. was like just Doom Eternal Animal Crossing month. That was just like nothing. Nothing was. That was also through. the end of the world month. Yeah, it was also the end also- of the world month. That's the that's the least <laughs> that's the less <Yeah. laughs> important part of that month. March 2020 will always be looked at as like a catastrophic month in in history very similar to october 1929 or something like that it was when when Um, tom hanks when we found out he was positive that was the moment that was the that yeah it was all downhill from there i said i was with someone in a chinese restaurant a few weeks before like everything went off and i was like Happen. Yeah, I remember literally. I said that I was dead serious. Yeah, of course. I think it was like, said on the right? show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's a whole litany of things that I Dude, said on the show. I, I think totally everybody wrong. was wrong, man. Like, I mean, come on, like because we've been through like swine flu and stuff like that. And we were just like, yeah, whatever. Right. And but, yeah, H1N1 and all of that. But yeah. uh, this was the one. This is the one God that got us. It. All right. Well, good selection, Dustin. Thank you for that. Chris, let's move it on to you for your first of five selections. Sure. I think I'm going to go with the one I also know the least about first, because I think that just makes the most sense. I think I'm looking forward, and keep in mind, this is such a, we know so little about this that it's pretty likely not going to come out next year. I actually think it's likely going to be pushed, but it's slated for 2022, so fits the rules. Mm. But the Callisto Protocol is something that I have my eye stapled to 
because this is the this weird PUBG universe dead space spiritual successor that you know in the wake of dead space remake uh being confirmed and and having seen a, quite a bit of that already it'll be interesting to see a reimagining or like kind of a spiritual successor to that series with proper next gen technology behind it in a universe that i i i'm just baffled that it's taking place in the pubg name doesn't do much for me but Dead Space is so great that anything that promises to harken back to that in any way, shape, or form already has my immediate attention. So this is one that I am cautiously optimistic for. We've seen very little of it. We've only seen, I think, a CG trailer of it when it was announced, and we haven't heard much from it since. But this is, if this launches in 2022, like they proclaim it will, this could be pretty fucking cool. I agree. I think this is a great selection. I don't know if it'll come out this year, or I guess I should say 2022 either. We're almost in this year. Yeah. But coming to PlayStation 5. So first of all, one of the things I'm excited about with Callisto Protocol is that it's a PS5 game. It is not a PS4 right. slash PS5 game. So that's number one. Number two, Glenn Schofield, right? Mm-hmm. Attached to this great shooter name and also one of the creators of Dead Space. So we have that to look forward to. And I love the idea of shared universes. I'm going to talk about a game in a little while that is also in a, they're attempting to create a shared universe, although it's, it's less obvious what they're doing with it. And um, I, I dig that idea a lot. I don't know why I like that idea because I think it kind of limits you narratively, but I love the idea of things, even if they're not necessarily interdependent. And I, I'm curious, this takes place many years in the future of PUBG. Yeah. So, like, I think hundreds of years in the future of PUBG. So I'm curious, like, what is even the relevance of <laughs> of the game to the Callisto Protocol? It reminds me of a much less in, uh, intimate version of what Dust 514 was going to be on PS3 in connection to, Eve. of course, EVE Online and what CCP was doing. So, And that was, I remember being, you can read this gushing shit I used to write on IGN when they announced that. I was like, this is unbelievable. Because I really thought that that was such an unbelievable idea that these planetary battles are happening in EVE Online and you are the the dudes on the ground fighting the, like, yeah. the actual battle and being... The, but it was too complicated to understand. It was too complicated to work and it's never been attempted again because it is clearly too complicated to do. So I think this is a great selection. Uh, shout out uh, to Craft Onford, um, which is the South Korean company, of course, that owns PUBG that's trying to push that universe a little bit. And yeah. I think that they have to push or die because PUBG is just no longer the the name anymore. Yeah, it's not... All right, boys. My first selection, and I'm going in order of, of excitement for me. It's it's a game that was brought up early in the show, and it's it's Hogwarts Legacy. And we actually have a letter here from Dale Catraco, and I hope I'm saying that right, who wrote into us on Patreon and says, I'm looking forward to Hogwarts Legacy. I grew up with all things Harry Potter, but in the last 10 years, there has been anything comparable to the wonder and awe of the original books and movies. I'm hoping they can take what made Harry Potter great originally and put it into this game. Nothing would be, would be better than taking me back to some of the best parts of my childhood with a game like this one. Here's hoping. So my excitement for this game is not rooted in much because I like Harry Potter. I read a few of the books in high school. Mm. As I said, I don't I'm not familiar. I don't remember really what the story is about other than that's like about a, a fucking orphan wizard and he lives under a pantry and shit. That, that, that's really what I remember about 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 and then he goes to school and he has meets friends. Whatever. Yeah, but I don't remember the ins and outs of it whatsoever. It's been 20 years probably. 
And anything after Azkaban, I just never familiarized myself with in any way. Same. So this is a... And there's going to be another game like this too later on. But this is a game that I feel like will allow me to finally find a connection to that universe. Because I know that I like that universe. I liked the three books that I read when I was a, when I was a teenager. I liked the movies. I dig those characters in that world and the magic and the, the wizardry or whatever. But it just... I never had a way to stick with it. I just didn't stick with it. You know, you guys know me. If I miss one thing, I'm like, well, I'm out because how am I going <laughs> to, you know, I'm still catching up on the MCU. I'm in 2009 right now in the MCU. Oh, my right? God. We're about to watch <laughs> Iron Man 2 in January. So it's going to it's going it, to I knew that once I lost track of that, I was just gone. And I feel like Hogwarts Legacy is just going to be a way for me to connect with this universe and hopefully a way that allows me to experience it, get something out of it, and hopefully my hope is to convince me to go, hey, go, let's go, man. You know, go back and and check this out. There are quite a few universes I want to do that with. Like, I really want to re- reread Dune. And I know that's going to be a whole thing for me, too. So this might be flighty kind of a flighty kind of want. But Hogwarts Legacy is not a game I'm excited about because of who's making it. Avalanche Software is making it. They're fine. You know, yeah. they're good WB own team and they do good work. But they usually did like licensed games, Disney Infinity and stuff. But this seems like a triple A, very well produced game that I hope will allow me to find some tether to this universe. And I also have to say, and I, you know, whatever, I really have my respect for J.K. Rowling has just exploded in recent years. I know that she's very controversial for some people, but I feel her outspokenness on women's issues is refreshing. And I think she has everything to lose. And I appreciate that about her, too. So I would also like to reward that in some corporate way, in some sort of commercial way, because I don't have any interaction with. She writes like these mystery novels and she writes the the Fantastic Beasts. I don't. So like this yeah, will be a yeah. way to, to you know, all right, here, here you go, JK. Uh, good work. Keep, you know, whether you agree or disagree, I appreciate your bravery and your boldness. I don't think a lot of people do that anymore. And uh, so I wanted to throw that out there as well. So I'm excited about Hogwarts Legacy. Mm-hmm. And uh I'll leave it there if you guys have nothing to add. Oh, I, I have something to add here, Carl. Please. I'm also excited because I was realizing I'm, I think I can consider myself a big Harry Potter fan. I'm just not the type that make it my personality. <laughs> I grew up, I read all the books, saw all the movies. We would go at midnight when they premiered and stuff. And I have to agree with uh, uh, the whoever wrote in. Sorry, Colin just deleted the comment. <laughs> The, yeah, the I deleted it. Sorry, it's okay. History, man. I have to agree. I just, do that. I do that on some documents. I'm sorry. It's the only way I can keep focused. Yeah, no, it's okay. But I agree in that I have not felt anything for any new Harry Potter stuff. the The Fantastic Beast movies. I saw the first one and I thought it was just a abysmal. And I maybe I should check out the second one and give it another chance. The third one just got announced, which ironically, J.K. Rowling was trending at the same time for something. She tweeted right when it was announced. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny, Colin, because you're uh you want to give money to Harry Potter stuff in order to support her. And most people wish that they could sever the tie of their money from Harry Potter well, and her. Right. So it's like the opposite. But, but I but I want to be I don't think that it has any deleterious effect on her sure. at all, what she's saying. I just want to be clear. That's that's the point is that I think her books were like exploding in popularity recently, like the exact opposite of of that. So 
there seems to be people that are speaking more quietly, but mm-hmm. fuck, why, why can't you speak out? Sure. You know, and I'm with you. have, uh, have, I, I, I think that that's awesome. No one's, no one's afraid to say things from one side of, the, of any narrative. No one. Yeah. There's no social cost. There's nothing to lose by, by saying certain things. And I think when people say totally normal, logical, reasonable stuff, like I think I went, when we did the, when Troy Levitt got fired from Avalanche or left in quotes Avalanche, remember we, we went into that. And I, I remember, remember I, I said, I went into everything JK Rowling said, because I was like, what did she say? What did she say? And I couldn't find it because mm-hmm. it doesn't exist. Like it just doesn't, you know, like, I'm sorry. So, uh, but regardless, you're right. So a lot of loud people in the industry are going to be very anti Hogwarts legacy. No doubt. Oh, right. I can't wait to see the Kotaku shit and the Polygon stuff, but that's so weird. It's going to happen. Cause she's a, she has like pretty much, she's basically a billionaire. Basically like she has so much, she has such an insane amount of money that like, even if you boycotted the whole, it's not going to do anything. Like it's such a weird, just enjoy the game, I guess. If you want to, or, or just don't play it if you don't want it. I just, I don't understand. We've talked about boycotts before, and like how I just, mm. I just don't, I just really don't think they even matter these days. But I gotta say, Harry Potter is one of those weird things where, like, I got, I was super into it when I was young, and I just felt, I was kind of like you, Colin, where I fell off. I fell off after Azkaban. Mm. I was like, all right, well, yeah. it's getting to like, it's getting to the point where all these movies are like really, really blue, and I can't see anything, and I'm like, ah, <laughs> yeah. I like the whimsical tone of like the first two, and the third one was pretty sure. good too. But I was like, ah, I'm, I'm, I'm done. But Chamber of Secrets as a as a as an actual like video game is Dude. awesome. Like yeah. <laughs> the, the Chamber of Secrets video game from I don't even know. Like it, it was like EA, I think right. It was EA. It was it was early Xbox uh, PS2. That game is awesome. Actually, it's like one of the best movie based games I think. Like sincerely, and if they can capture what that game captured, which I think is just the the feeling of actually going to this school. It was it wasn't even really. So much that they captured Harry Potter as a character all that well. It's more so the feeling that you got to actually go to the school and like attend classes and like explore the halls of, of the school and like use spells to unlock doors and, and kind of like it, it was so much fun. And, and they had this whole nighttime section where you had to sneak around. Otherwise, like the hall monitors would like come get you. And I don't know. It was just such a fun idea that like I, I've been wanting a game to capture that actual feeling of being in that place for such a long time. And the fact that that's even a potential this year, this upcoming year, 2022, whatever you get it is kind of cool because we haven't really seen that. I think a lot of Harry Potter games after, after that kind of focused more on the movies because graphics technology got better. And, and, you know, you could be like, Hey, this is actually about Harry Potter and his friends. And I'm like, ah, I just kind of want to go to the school and fuck around and fly. You could fly your broomstick around yeah. the entire campus. That is so cool for like a 2002, 2003 video game. That's like GTA. Like, what the hell are you doing? This is crazy. The freedom well, of that. Dude, some of the later games, I've not played them, but apparently they're basically Gears of War style shooters, but you're flicking projectiles with your wand have you seen that before it's real weird yeah i I remember seeing trailers for um more uh, well at the time more of the modern harry potter games and it it did look silly because it was just like (laughs) yeah it was like vanquish almost yeah just shooting spells like rapid fire which all just does not happen also in, in harry potter so it's like extra weird to see but yeah i'm looking at the i'm looking at the um 
just the release timeline on Wikipedia of all of the Harry Potter games. And yeah, there hasn't been, there were a bunch of, there's iOS stuff, of course, and Android stuff, but there were some Lego Dimension stuff in 2016. Mm-hmm. But the last games that were released on console, I didn't even think I realized these were Harry Potter related, were the PlayStation Move games, Book of Spells and Book of Potions. Oh, 2012, yeah. 2013 on PS3. And then Harry Potter was also on Connect, and then they did the Lego Harry Potter games before that, and so on and so forth. And yeah, the release timeline for all of the accompanying games, um, all from EA, different EA studios. Mm. I remember that because uh, I think I wrote the strategy guide for Prisoner of Azkaban, as I recall. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. All right, so let's go back to you, Dustin. Colin, and we'll select your your next game. Yes, I've cheated. I put a game that is currently unannounced for PlayStation, but I'm confident that it will come to PlayStation. Okay, and I'm also biased about this game, and that would be Nobody Saves the World from Drinkbox. And I say I'm biased just because my very first time ever doing games industry work or whatever was at PSX. My very first show was writing for the website that me and my friends started and doing videos. And we were seriously nobody, no audience, uh, bar- like barely any audience. And we had next to no viewers or subscribers on YouTube. But Graham from Drinks- Drinkbox was exceptionally kind to me and the team and has lightly stayed in, in contact with me throughout the years. And we've DM'd here and there and Colin, I know you're, you're friendly with him as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I've said this before on the show, but I never forget the people that were just exceptionally kind when they had absolutely no reason to be. And so, yeah, I, I will always be super, you know, appreciative to him and, and Drinkbox for that. Anyway, that being said, 
Nobody Saves the World is currently announced for PC and Xbox, which is very odd being that was their previous games were initially PlayStation exclusive at launch. And yes. so they I think they did a they did a Switch game too, right? At some point, I think I'll look, but Yeah. Go on. So this one I'm uh, I mean, I'm I would be very surprised if it remained an exclusive. I think at the absolute latest it will be early 2023, but I'm guessing it's going to be even less than that. Who knows, though? But either way, Drinkbox makes amazing games. Guacamelee 1 and 2 are both incredible. Guacamelee 2 in particular, I really, really loved and was really just shocked at how beautiful they made a flat 2D aesthetic on PS4 Pro at the time in 4K. They have like really unique lighting systems to light their environments that is just really really cool and this new game nobody saves the world is an action a top-down action rpg game where your character is named nobody and you can switch into different characters and level them up and gain new abilities what is cool or what i found appealing about the the videos i've seen is just that there's some elements of mixing abilities that sounded really cool and as you unlock abilities you can attach them to different characters for unique combos for example there was there's abilities where you can poison rooms and then there's abilities where you can light poison on fire and so it has some of those combos that allow you to be creative with with the combat and of course this game just visually looks absolutely awesome i think they have such a unique style they have a a a style that is uniquely drink box so when you see it now from their previous games you just know that uh it's them and so i'm i'm excited for this game i like i said i feel confident that it will be on playstation probably next year or shortly after but i'm looking forward to this one quite a bit yeah, I was looking, I don't know why I thought they did a Switch game between Guacamelee 2 and this, but I think this was the game I was thinking about. Mm. So, th- yeah, this is the first time that they're not launching on PlayStation. You'll recall that their first game, Tales from Space, about a blob, came to PS3 in 2011, and they were prominent Vita supporters. That's why I became friendly with them. They had a Vita launch game that was exclusive to the console at the time. It was later ported called Tales from Space, a sequel, Mutant Blobs Attack, that people might recall from 2012. And then, of course, tw- 2013's Guacamelee. I was a very vocal advocate of that game from the very beginning. And that was a PS3 and Vita game. And Sony had an interesting relationship with Drinkbox because they funded that game through what was called the Pub Fund at the time, which was basically a loan system in in basically a 0% loan system or something to that nature in exchange for the interest being exclusivity for a little while. And then you can bring your games elsewhere. And of course, 2016, they released a Vita exclusive called Severed. And that was awesome for them to do because that was not smart commercially for them to do that. And that game was made for the Vita. And I know it later came to Switch, 3DS, and Wii U and stuff like that. So other people got to play it. But uh, shout out to them, of course, Drinkbox, old friends of mine as well. Okay, Dustin, let's move on uh, to Chris. And or unless you have anything else to say, I don't want to interrupt you. Okay, Uh, Chris, what uh, what's your next game? My next game is uh, something that we saw recently that I was not necessarily expecting to care all that much about, but it ended up 
kind of looking like one of the most interesting interesting things we saw on the day that we saw it, which is Suicide Squad kill the Justice League. I don't really care that much about DC Comics, honestly. Like, it's not really... It's not my... I'm more of a Spider-Man Marvel guy. But even the more recent Suicide Squad James Gunn film, I thought was, like, a lot of fun and, like, really well done. I had... It was really, like, one of the one of the better interpretations of that universe I felt in a long time. And it kind of made me already, it kind of introduced me to this universe a little bit more. So I I already kind of went in the door, one foot in the door to like caring about this universe a little bit more than I otherwise would have. But I think what we saw looked really cool. It, It harkened back to a little bit of sunset overdrive for me. It looked really kinetic and really fun. It looks like there's a lot of fluidity and it looks like they really put a lot of effort into making sure these different characters played very differently, which was one of the things that I was kind of curious as to how they would pull off because Rocksteady, for as good of a studio as they are, they've really only done Batman before. And I was curious as to whether or not if they could handle the different fighting styles of a whole team in that way. And it looks like they did. It looks like a lot of fun. It looks absurd in all the right ways it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like it's trying too hard to be funny it, it's balancing a tone here that i'm really appreciating and it just looks damn good uh this is another game that we don't know too much about we've only seen we've seen kind of cinematic trailers we've seen like in engine i think cinematic trailers but still no gameplay up until recently and the gameplay that we did see was more of like a like a like a gameplay trailer with a bunch of different segments kind of cut together to look cool. So we still don't really know how 30 minutes or an hour of gameplay looks in Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, but given Rocksteady's track re- track record and how polished this look looked when we saw it at the Game Awards, I'm feeling pretty bullish about this being a pretty solid game. If not I w- I would probably bet that this is going to be one of the top of the year, I think. I think Rocksteady has the chops to kind of pull that off. I concur. I think this game looks awesome. Uh, I wonder, my big thing is how, how, and I, I'm sure this is a design problem for them that they had to overcome. It might be part of the reason why it's taken so long is how do you win? I mean, do you win? Are you going to win in this game? I, I, I'm kind of curious about that. <laughs> like, like, how does that work? And if, it's a serious question in the sense that if if you can't imagine beating the Justice League, then what does winning look like? How does or is this alternate history spin where you do win or something? I don't know yeah. if that's bothering anyone. Else. It's not bothering me. I'm, I'm curious about it because it has to be something that they've solved. That's what's kind of fun about it. It's that I, I that's one of the reasons I like the Suicide Squad is that there's really no way to predict how this is going to go, because the whole point of the Suicide Squad is that they kind of get fucked over. Like, the whole point is that they're supposed to lose. And you never know what... Like, in the last movie, uh, David Ayer, they won. You know, they... And in this next one, they kind of won too, but they kind of didn't. Like, it's like a very... It's a very interesting group of characters to follow because you don't have to have that stereotypical the good guy wins moment because you're playing as the bad guy and you're the good guy to you. So all conventions are completely out the window. This whole game could take place, and you you might not kill a single member of the Justice League. I really have no idea what they're going to do, and that's, I think, what's yeah. most exciting about this, is just seeing how they play that, and whether or not they play it for comedy, and whether or not they can balance that tone well, because that's something that a lot of a lot of writers, I find, struggle with. 
especially in video games lately. Like, my God, did I just move that thing with my freaking mind? I think uh, <laughs> it sticks out in my head. I don't know why. But, you know, I, I think I think it's I, I just feel really positively about this. I don't know. Like, I have a good feeling about Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. I think it's going to be a super interesting game. I think it's going to come out of nowhere and surprise people in the same way that I think Guardians of the Galaxy did for me. Only they've got Rocksteady behind them, and I just have a lot of confidence in Rocksteady because even the game, man, people hate on uh, Arkham Knight quite a bit, and I get it because there are some design decisions in there that I didn't enjoy. But overall, I think that's a solid, like a really, really good game, especially on the platforms that it was running on. Not PC, sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry for everybody who got that game on PC, but that's a solid video game, and I have no reason to doubt Rocksteady's ability to pull something like this off. Granted, we've learned recently with Rockstar and CD Projekt Red that you can't always trust a developer, and, and there's a bunch of different reasons why you shouldn't necessarily, but even with that caveat aside, I, I'm feeling pretty confident in this one. I just think it looks really cool. Cool, man. Good selection. I think that, that's a selection that has to be made. My second game is Sea of Stars, a role-playing game that is coming to PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5, likely. In, and elsewhere in 2022 and this comes from sabotage which is the studio that only made one other game which is a game everyone loves of course the messenger mm. which came to ps4 in 2019 and the messenger is just an absolutely exceptional game one part ninja gaiden one part metroidvania so old school ninja gaiden like linear ninja gaiden it was just an absolutely exceptional game and sea of stars is a game that is very different but takes place in the same universe. And I was going to tell you guys, as I, I noted earlier, that there was a game that I really wanted to talk about that excels in, or is trying to excel rather, in making a loose shared universe. And it's inspiring for us at Lilymo because we're trying to do the same thing with our games where we're trying to tie them together in some way that loosely makes sense. And so I like that the sequel, in quotes, The Sea of Stars, although it's just in the same universe, is this totally different type of game. And if you go look this game up, Sea of Stars, you know, Google it, it's uh, seaofstarsgame.co if you want to check out the official website. You'll find a game that looks like Chrono Trigger a great deal, which is awesome. I love Chrono Trigger, not as much as others do, but I think it's a, a wonderful game, certainly aesthetically. And the art from the game, the actual character art and the concept art looks really like Capcom Breath of, the, Breath of Fire era watermark type character art really colorful popping blues and reds and i don't know this game looks really really cool and there's something on their website they have the game is all pixelated but they have a dynamic lighting system in it you guys go to their website they have this spinning wheel you can use to show you as the day progresses in a space because it's all in real time um, or in, a, in real time in game and it's just stunning like this is a pretty big team making this game apparently 23 people and it is intimidating to know we're making a role-playing game and there's stuff like this lurking out there that is just so high quality and looks so good. I can't ignore that this is a must-play for me. And The Messenger, I think, lost a little bit of its juice for PlayStation audiences because people will remember that it, it first came to Switch in 2018. So by the time it came to PS4, it didn't really have that same, that same uh, momentum anymore. But if you haven't played it, you really should. It's obviously you want to look up a trailer and stuff. It might not be for you, but I, I, you'll see it and you'll know that I love it. And if you know the games that I love, then 
you'll have some sort of way to identify it. But Sea of Stars, shout out to them, Sabotage Studio. Hopefully in 2022, we'll see this game. That's what they say. Yeah. And so that is my second selection. Dustin, what is your next game? So earlier in the show, we talked about how this is games we're keeping our eye on in some instances. And this one is one that I don't even know if I can confidently say I'm excited for. I'm interested in it and I'm hoping that it ends up being good, but there's many, many red flags and that is Forspoken. So this is the team behind Final Fantasy 15, which is a game that I enjoyed despite thinking that it had a lot of issues. And this one is kind of odd in that it's a Japanese team making it but they're using American actors and American writing talent. And it seems to be following in the footsteps of Final Fantasy XV's gameplay, maybe a little bit more fluid with more traversal options. But what I've seen from the gameplay looks pretty promising. I'm very intrigued. And the the main issue, though is what Chris mentioned earlier is that the some of the dialogue in the story just seems totally cringe to put it lightly it's oh just my God, I'll say. very very cringe and yeah. it's disappointing it, it's given me this weird lopsided feeling about this game that I feel like I want to be excited for and just recently maybe we'll cover this on on sacred maybe we have or maybe we won't I don't know but they did previews for the game and dropped a gameplay video that was on their YouTube. And I think they gave it to IGN and a few other outlets and then they removed it, which didn't make any sense to me. I watched it and it didn't look amazing. It was kind of slow paced. Like the, the selection of what they chose to put out as gameplay maybe wasn't the best. Right. Also there was a lot of technical hiccups and stuff. So I'm wondering if they just saw the reaction to that four minutes and thought this is going to live forever as something people click on to see gameplay. Let's let's remove it and add something new later. But I I kind of would have thought they would have had a new video out by now to yeah. replace that. So the fact yeah. that they haven't put something out is very uh, suspect to me. But either way, I don't want to judge this game too early. Yeah. It's... Uh, I think the weirdest part of all is just that it's it's very uh, in anime. There's the term isekai, which is supposed to be it's an entire subgenre of anime that all basically has the same kind of plot, which is you a normal person from our world gets transported into a fantasy world that's like a video game. Sword Art Online, whatever, stuff like that. Sword Art Online, is that yeah. exactly what I was thinking That's of, yeah. probably the most popular isekai anime. And so this is an isekai game. It's just done in such a, a unique way with its actors and its, and its writing. So I don't know. We'll see. Like I said, red flags. Yeah. I, uh, it's weird because I, when we first saw this game, I remember being pretty excited about it because I feel like the, the first selection of gameplay that they showed with no dialogue, it was like it was very minimal what they showed. Right. But yeah. I remember being impressed by it. I thought it looked really cool. I thought the movement looked really fluid. And then the second trailer had talking. And then I was like, ah. No talking. Maybe it's better when you weren't talking. Yeah, it's better when you <laughs> <laughs> it's better when you weren't talking. 
<laughs> and then this next one was just sort of middling. So it's just, I don't know. Like, I, I like Dustin said, uh, we don't want to judge it too harshly. I mean, I, I judged the hell out of Death Stranding before that came out. And look at look at how that turned out. So this could be great, but uh, I'm nervous about this one. But I am looking cautious. I, I'm, I have my eye on this as well. Like, I'm looking forward to playing it and seeing how how it actually all shakes up. There's, to your point, interesting writing talent attached to the game. It's yeah. Amy Hennig and her longtime partner, writing partner, Todd Stashwick, who worked on the Uncharted franchise with her a little bit, and Gary Witta. So pretty serious writing chops. I just don't know that you can make this cool for me, no matter what you do. Although I'll try to be open-minded and wait, and I, it's certainly not going to be a day one purchase or play for me. But the name Frey Holland as the protagonist really bothers me because she's from <laughs> New York City, and obviously... New York City is you know New Holland, so I it's a little too on the nose, a little bit corny, but whatever. We'll see. I don't want to judge you too harshly. But Final Fantasy fifteen team, that's what scares me. Mm. While we get the Final Fantasy fourteen guys working on Final Fantasy sixteen, which by the way is not on the list because it is not confirmed for a twenty twenty two release, and uh, mm. some of us didn't break the rules as we played the game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. So that leaves one of three for you to select from, Chris. What is your next game? Oh, yeah. So I'm going to start with... I, I've reorganized my list on things that I'm most excited for. So number one is going to be my most ex- the one I'm most excited for. And this is just something that's on the way. But I think, obviously, God of War Ragnarok. I mean, you can't... Like, I'm looking forward to this. I, I, I did... I did feel a little iffy on the trailer that they showed because it did look a little samey to the previous game. But at the same time, I think the previous game was so good and so polished and so well choreographed and well shot that I, I think I think I think the sequel is almost a victim of the first game's success in the sense mm-hmm. that there's really only so much higher you can climb for a game like God of War. Uh, I, I would hope like, you know, 60 frames and stuff like that would be an obvious thing that we're not really seeing in the trailer because it's a trailer but i think you know just the visual fidelity and the art artistic direction and just how surprisingly good god of war was to me because i was not expecting it to be that good i really was i remember god of war was coming out and i was like oh man they're doing they're doing a last of us god of war kratos has a daughter it's like it's like <laughs> yeah or a son you know like it's just it's just one of those weird things where it's like they're just gonna give every single grizzled ancient playstation character a son now and or like a, a child and it's just like <laughs> it, I, that's how i that's how i felt 
That's how I felt, and I feel like a lot you of people. I, metal, metal, I totally understand what you mean. Yeah, it is funny when you think about it. it yeah, it's just like, yeah, the clown from Twisted Metal as a son. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it, it just at the time I remember feeling like they're gonna go this route with everything. It's just gonna be dire and serious the whole time, and then they did it, and I ended up liking it more than the original games. And you know that's hard to do. It's a very difficult thing to reinvent a series like that and do it in a way that's very quality. I thought the single shot camera was really cool. I, th- I thought the story was awesome. I had nitpicks about it. The, the 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 menu navigation in particular, I thought was a bit much. I thought some of the RPG el- light elements were a bit were, were so shallow that I, I I questioned even the reason for them being there. It's like oh, you could put fur armor on Kratos. What whatever. Cool. Like, yeah, cool. Like, I I didn't do any of that shit. But the game itself was great, and I think having a sequel to a game like that, where that game had the opportunity of kind of people being a little bit skeptical of it, um, not sh- being sure whether or not they can pull it off. Now that we know they can, the sequel has a lot of expectations. And to be quite honest, I don't know if there are expectations that are possible to meet. I, I, just, I just think this game was so cool and so good and so new that a sequel that is more or less the same is going to be satisfying, no doubt, from a narrative perspective. But I do think it's... I'm a little less excited for this than I think a lot of people are because I'm I'm just expecting the same thing again, which is a good time. I'm I don't think this is going to be a bad game by any stretch of the imagination. But I don't think this is a game that's going to surprise me nearly as much as God of War 2018 did when it launched. That said, looks gorgeous. I don't have a problem with them reusing a boat animation. I was going to say the boat animation doesn't <laughs> stick in your craw. No, I don't, I don't care. I, I wish more, to be honest, I wish more iconic video game series would learn what they need to change and what they don't. Because there are certain things that I think are just so good that I think, like, why would you change that from game to game? Right. You know, like... Just know what, don't fix what isn't broken, I guess, you know? And there was nothing broken about that boat animation. It still looks good now. So why? And that's how Kratos pushes a boat in the, in the water. That's just how he goes. Yeah, it's consistent. That's how he does it. <laughs> Thomas Kritz wrote into us and said, hi, CDC. For me, it's God of War Ragnarok. What stood out most to me were the characters in the world. The original trilogy was great for the gameplay, but God of War 2018, what it, that did was make me care for Kratos. I loved Kratos and Atreus' story together. How much growth there is for both characters. I also really love the North setting. I don't really know much about Norse mythology, and the game did a great job in making me want to learn more. Can't wait to see where Kratos and Atreus' story goes. Thanks for everything and all the great shows. Hope everyone has a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you, Thomas, for writing in. Yeah, this is a selection that has to be on the list. I must admit that I'm a little lukewarm on this for Mm -hmm. the same kind of reasons uh, that you mentioned, Chris. And I'm curious what you think of it, Dustin. It's just now that we know what we're going to get, which is something very high quality and very fun. I mean, obviously, I'm going to play it day one. I think I'm going to love it. But God of War, 2018 God of War didn't stick with me the way it stuck with a lot of other people. I was more impressed by it from a production standpoint where Santa Monica Studio really saved their studio with that game. And it's an amazing hit. And I think it's a revival much needed of a character that (laughs) was just really stuck in the PS2 era for me. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot to applaud from it. But I don't know. It's just it's not something I'm like eagerly anticipating like I even am Horizon or something. Yeah. What do you think, uh, Dustin? So I'm watching through the trailer again, and I'm I agree with you for sure that the it feels samey. I think that my optimism or the the optimistic side of me at least 
hopes that the issues, the main issues that I and I know Colin, you had as well with the original game being kind of the world structure and the fast travel stuff like the that. little things, the little yep. things, right? They can't portray the little things being fixed in the trailer. And I'm really hoping that that's kind of the main thing, since I think overall that was the main criticism of the game from many people. I think that overall, though, and this still lingers for me, is that I just wanted this game to be PS5 only. I yeah, want to know what... Just because just this game was looks so good. The original looks so good on PS4 and PS4 Pro. It was shocking. And not, not that they were the only... Obviously, Last of Us was amazing. A lot of Sony First Party really learned how to get every last drop, drop out of that console. But the thought of... Uh, fully next gen God of War just you know tickled my tickled my jimmies a little bit and I'm always going to be thinking about what that version could have been so maybe well didn't they say they're only doing two they're not doing a trilogy yeah I think that was that, that the well that they were saying that was the end of the the Norse the Norse arc arc or whatever what's next we'll what, what other God uh, kingdoms can they do they should definitely leave God of War alone for a while after this I, that's my sincere hope the, uh, but yeah, the American know, gods the founders the American that would be awesome I mean, dude very he Bioshock takes out Infinite. George Washington <laughs> very very Bioshock Infinite that's one of the cool parts of that was like the the reverence they held for specifically Washington Jefferson and Franklin I, yeah. I love that yeah that the so Iron neat. Patriots or whatever those machines that would <laughs> right yeah and they would like talk shit to you and Bioshock giving it so cool no fuck, every, fuck all you guys who like hate it for yeah. no reason I, yeah, you're dumb as shit if you don't like Bioshock. <laughs> Ooh. People are going to be mad at that, but I, I respect it. I stand, I stamp that as well. <laughs> Bioshock, give it a All hater, right. stand down. Yeah. Stand down. Stand down. All right. Uh, <laughs> next up for me is maybe going to be a surprise for people, but a very similar selection to... Oh, by, by the way, before I even say anything else, though, I did want to say this. Forspoken, May 24th. Oh. God of War Ragnarok. We don't have a date yet, so I just wanted to throw yeah. this out there. But I wanted to select next for me Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga, which we do not have a release date for as of yet. And what's interesting about this game is that it's been pushed back many times. It was supposed to come out in 2020 and then 2021 and then now 2022. I think that this game really got battered as many did by COVID, especially considering Traveler's Tales is European and not to give them any excuses, but. I assume that the COVID restrictions were and still are much more stringent there. So I imagine if we really track this stuff out over long periods of time, I think American studios, even Canadian studios and others in Eastern Europe, et cetera, will have fared this much better than studio places where lockdowns for better or for worse, regardless of how you feel about them, had people working at home, not able to meet with each other. So I think that's part of it. Also, this is a heavily important licensed product that probably needed a lot of back and forth yeah. between the, uh, the entities. But nonetheless, this is going to be Traveler Tales' first game in a, in a while, and they haven't made... I, I went to go check this. Since 2008, they've only made LEGO games. And the last non-LEGO game they made was a Chronicles of Narnia PS2, later ported a PS3 and Xbox 360 game called Prince Caspian. Ever since then, they've existed in this, in this world with LEGO. And I like touching base with the LEGO games every so often. I liked the Lego Star Wars Complete Saga. I think I played that on Wii back in the day. I played one of the Lego Batman games on Vita when that came out. I think I messed with one of the Lego Harry Potter games or something for a little while. And I feel like very similar to what I was saying, although in a different regard, 
to what I was saying earlier about connecting me to different universes and trying to give me a way in specifically with Hogwarts Legacy and Harry Potter. I feel like this will be a way for me to kind of reconnect not only with Star Wars, but because I know Star Wars, I'm like, I know Harry Potter, but make me like Star Wars again, like make me give me Star Wars that makes me feel good about the franchise. I feel like this game is going to be full of that kind of stuff, even from the games like episode two or whatever that or movies rather that aren't very good. I feel like there's just going to be a lot to like here. I feel like it's going to be very fan servicey. I feel like it's exactly what I want as a Star Wars fan. And uh, Paul Dunn agrees. He says, hey, CDC, my most anticipated game for next year is Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga. No, really, it is. I agree, Paul. I spent countless hours playing Lego Star Wars 2 on PS2. The combination of expressionless Lego bricks, ridiculous sound effects, silly yet ironic humor, simplistic combat, and an addictive collectathon is an experience that I don't think many game other games offer. The new updated combat and added voices have me cautiously optimistic that the game I loved as a child is going to evolve into something I can enjoy now as an adult. Sometimes it's easy to forget that video games are just that, games. So even if this one is bad, it's not going to be bad. I know I will be chasing those gold bricks and mini kits like it's 2006. The nostalgia is strong in this one, definitely. Mm-hmm. And it's exactly what I'm looking for, too. I remember when Spyro came to PS4, and I just for like a few weeks was just playing those games because I was just so into the collectathon. So I agree with you, Paul. I think that that's going to scratch an itch for me, too, unlocking all of the characters. I think there's five stages per movie. So nine times five, 45 stages, like different worlds to explore. I think there's like three or 400 characters. There's going to be all these different collectibles. I'm excited about it. I'm really looking forward to this. Want a release date. Anyway, I've said enough. Dustin, what do you think about Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga? The most exciting thing about this game to me is that they are changing up the Lego gameplay. The gameplay I've seen is much closer to the character. Not quite a third person overview cam, but definitely it's different than the old games. It kind of reminds me before with Lego games, it was kind of common to say, well, once you've played one, you've kind of played them all. There's different characters and abilities, but they're the same format in the, presented in basically the same way with some variations. They added open world elements to one of the early Marvel ones on, on PS4. But, you know, it was kind of like Pokemon. They're they're good. They changed the monsters up, right? This feels like the the perfect change up at the perfect time where maybe Lego games, Lego games have been stale for me for a while, but the the trailers of this just look really i guess ambitious is the right word to put right word to put to it just that mm-hmm. there's vehicle sections uh either on on a planet or in space just it looks like a, a total evolution and not just another lego game what do you think chris anything to say before we move on yeah, I, I mean, I think it looks cool. I, this the, Lego is uh, a series that I have very, very minimal experience with. Uh, I was an only child. I had like some nieces and nephews. I would play Lego games at their houses sometimes. They're never my favorite things. Star Wars is not my favorite thing. This is probably not going to be something I jump into unless a lot of people tell me that it's really good and then I might. Uh, but I do think this is probably going to be a, a good game. Like, I don't think anybody's... I don't think this has a shot at being like one of those like oh it's a two out of ten you know what I mean, but doesn't necessarily scratch an itch for me and and what what I think keeps Lego from being interesting to me is I, I feel like Lego as a, as a game series I I think they need to get a little bit ballsy I think they need to do you know Lego Sophie's Choice mm-hmm. or you know or, or Lego, Lego Schindler's List you know just something like really Le- Lego the Green Lego Mile. Schindler's. 
You know, I want to well, see that. Well, they have the uh, they have the Lego <laughs> Seinfeld kit that you can buy now. So if, maybe that's... listen, man, if there was a Lego Seinfeld game, I would, I'd have the special edition of whatever the hell that game was. <laughs> I don't know how you would make a game out of that, but Jesus Christ, just I'd be add the first combat. person to play Fuck it. it. Just add combat. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Well, I was gonna say you might have a a thing against Traveler's Tale as well because of course they made 2001's PS2 game Wrath of Cortex and 2004's Crash Twin Sanity as well. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, so you know what? I didn't hate those. They just weren't as good. You know. Fair enough. They were just you know they existed and they were fine. Whatever. I'm glad we got the you know the better ones later. <laughs> Dustin, you have two games left. Two games left. Number two, I was shocked when I went into the document because I was the last person to fill out my list and no one had put this game. Very shocking. That's Horizon Forbidden West. And we just saw a new trailer for this at the Game Awards. We got the state of play. And I went and I rewatched both of them. And let me tell you guys, if you watch a stream of a trailer and you were interested or, I don't know, if you thought anything about it, go watch the trailer again once it's re-uploaded on YouTube in full quality, 4K or whatever, even if you're not on 4K TV. The, the stream adds such a level of compression that it's going to feel like a, a totally new trailer. I just rewatched the Suicide Squad trailer, which is now in 60 frames per second, and it looks way better not that I thought it looked bad at the Game Awards stream, yeah, but yeah. It, it it significantly made me more excited for it just from the better quality. Anyway, my point is I rewatched those Horizon trailers, and it's shocking to me just in that we were talking about God of War was my la- or was one of Chris's picks, and I was saying I was disappointed that it was cross gen. Yeah, when I see Horizon Forbidden West, it looks next gen to me it looks like a proper ps5 game and it makes me wonder if the ps4 version is going to be significantly downgraded or it's just gorilla is wizards and have made what will be the best looking ps4 game yet which we know that they have extreme technical knowledge dating back to games like killzone 2 and 3 of course but I I love the way this game looks and beyond just the the graphics but the art direction in particular it just feels so bright and mm-hmm. vibrant it has this tropical look to it and it's funny too rewatching the the trailers one thing that I was really impressed by was the underwater sections yeah she it looked convincing and a lot of times underwater stuff in games just does, does not look very good and I was um, I was amazed about about this in the first game as well. So maybe it's just the fact it's new robots or whatever. But the scale of some of these creatures, the detail on them, I I can't wait for this game. And it's funny just because I was a little I wasn't lukewarm on the original. I really really liked the original. Going back to it, I. I don't know. I couldn't get into it when I tried to do a a replay, and something about this is just calling my name right now. Yeah, yeah. For Forbidden West is is going to be great, and I'm a little skeptical of how much it's going to push things because it was started as a PS4 game. So 
unlike God of War, which I think might be more truly cross-gen, there was an intention at some point that Horizon would come out only on PS4. So, I mean, that was early on. But we have to remember that this game came out, the original Horizon came out about five years ago now. So it's been a while. I love Horizon Zero Dawn. I think it's an amazing game. It's one of PS4's best games, one of PS4's best exclusives. There's no, no, no game holds a candle to that with very few exceptions. So we know we're going to get more of that with Forbidden West. I've stopped watching everything because I don't even want to see anymore. But it's so weird because although I'll be there minute one playing it and probably loving it, it's just not that anticipated for me because for some reason, it's the mystery that is most intriguing by some of these other products. I feel like it's it's the same thing with God of War in a way for me where there's not much mystery. We know they're going to be great. I mean, if God of War and Horizon are not nines, are we going to be... I'll be shocked, truly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's almost like, yeah, okay. It, almost like you're eating well and you want to look at like what, what other people are looking. You're looking at other people's plates and, and kind of scoping out other restaurants and, and checking out Yelp. And that's especially going to be my next two selections. So I understand the excitement for Horizon and God of War. I share those ex- levels of excitement, except, especially, especially, I'm sorry, for Horizon. But yeah, they didn't make my list. Horizon did make my list originally, then I popped it off for something else yeah. Chris do you have anything to say about uh, Horizon no yeah I, I think it looks super good I think I think Gorilla's coming into their own I think with this one I think their first game was definitely in my views it, it was a little rough I I think specifically just the choice to open with like child Aloy and she just looks like fucking Chucky I, I really can't <laughs> and you can tell that they were learning how to do this this new style of game, which is cool because it ended up being great anyway. It's just, you can tell when something it's, it's kind of like overwatch to me where like overwatch feels like the first attempt of a shooter. It's a good game. It plays well, but it feels like they haven't really done this before. Um, and it kind of felt that way with, with forbidden West uh, in, in when I was playing it and then just like the weird, like party city beards on on people where it just didn't look exact i don't know it just looked strange in certain parts but the environment looked great that's the thing it's like the environments always shine in their games like i think like horizon zero dawn looks fantastic when you're looking at just like a landscape and you're just like going through shit it's when they close in on people that it looks a little weird and this one looks like they've rectified that problem entirely like i didn't see anybody that looked particularly strange in these like everybody everything looks fantastic and I do agree with Dustin. I think it looks way better than God of War does. I think largely because I think they had a little bit more room to improve. But I'm looking forward to this. I, I just hope that the the minor problems that kind of built up for me while I was playing the first one that kind of prevented me from finishing it are kind of rectified here because I didn't feel that way with Ghosts. Like Ghosts of Tsushima, I, I really loved. And I think a lot of that is because they have experience with this third person open world kind of they have experience making it feel amazing to move around. And that was like the one aspect that I felt was a little bit lacking in the first Horizon, which was moving around felt almost great. And I think they probably, after all this time, have nailed it here. So I am excited for it. I'm a little bit more interested in the world of God of War, which is why it, it this one didn't make my list. I figured somebody else would put it on. I thought you would put it on for sure, Colin. But Yeah, it, yeah. it was on my list originally, but yeah, I, yeah. Wanted, I wanted to have... It's also important to me to like kind of sprinkle some attention towards some games that we don't talk about very often. Totally. Everyone know we're going to talk about Horizon so much. We're going to talk about God of War so much. And that's going to be great. I'm excited to talk about those games. But yeah. Yeah. It is. I, I understand why it would be surprising. But I also knew that someone else would have picked it up. I think that 
the reality is is that I saw a list with no God of War, no Horizon. I think that I would have probably chosen them just because we had someone asked it. But I didn't have to, suckers. <laughs> All right. Chris, let's uh, let's stick with you for your second to last selection. Yeah, man. I'm looking forward to Sifu. I don't know what the hell this is. It looks so neat. The, the like the animation of the fighting in this looks awesome. I think the aging mechanic every time you lose is sick. I, I just think that the visual style of this game is awesome. It's it's a small it's it's a small game, but it looks it looks, in my opinion, just absolutely exceptional. Like I feel like I'm I'm going to really enjoy this. And I, I hope I do. Like I, you know, you could always be wrong about these things. The anticipation is a double edged sword in a lot of cases, but Something about Sifu really grabbed me. This is a, a third-person kung fu kind of action brawler type deal. And it just looks... It's very striking to me. I don't know what it is. It's something about this game is just calling me, and I'm excited. I, w- I was disappointed when it got delayed, which I don't really feel <laughs> all that often. Usually when a game gets delayed, I'm like, good. You know, it means there's more time to get it right. But this one, I was like, ah, damn. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> I really want to play this as soon as possible. And it's very rare that like a smaller game like this can can uh, elicit that out of me. So I had to put it here just for just for that alone, just for enticing me to that degree. But I, I think this is probably going to be really, really cool. And I don't expect this. I, I don't expect to see this on a lot of lists because it is a smaller game that I don't think a lot of people are necessarily paying that much attention to, although it's got its own you know fan base and stuff. But. Yeah, I just, it's, uh, I just think it looks it, cool. It'll be interesting. Be- Slow Clap, French team, making it. And uh, they released the game Absolver, which I don't know if people played in, in the summer of 2017 on PS4, which people really liked too. And I wonder, I mean, it had middling reactions, but got some award nominations and, and, and it stuck with people. This is a very Kana-like situation where it is a timed, I think maybe slightly or partially funded second party-esque timed exclusive game for Sony that will later come to other consoles, obviously immediately coming to PC. I think it looks really cool. I like some of the mechanics too. It certainly feels different. Yeah. I think that that is one of the things I'm looking forward to. It's also imminent. It comes out in early February. Yep. Dustin, you have anything to, uh, to add? I like the aging mechanics stuff we've seen. That's one of the most interesting aspects of it for me. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing this one as well. I don't know if I have much to add other than that. All right, my next game is my second to last game is Monarch, M O N A R K. I'm really looking forward to this game. Now, it comes from a Japanese studio called Lancars. I'm not really into this because of them. They did work on Zanki Zero, which was like that Danganronpa guys JRPG product, and they did do like uh, work on Lost Dimension, which was okay, and El Shaddai, which was okay, whatever. But there are some people from the Shimagami Tensei team that have gone to, I guess, Furu, which is the publisher, and Lancars, the studio, and they've made this game Monarch. You can go check it out. It's being published by NIS, so you can go to nisamerica.com slash monarch, A-R-K. And it's here's what it says, and uh, I think you'll understand why I like it. In an academy linked to a mysterious realm known as the Otherworld, Four companions lead to four destinies. Nourish your ego and madness to harness the power of demons in this tactical RPG. You suddenly awaken in Shin Mikado Academy. Before you was a barrier separating the campus from the rest of the outside world. Sound familiar? Within the academy grounds are the madness-inducing mist, cryptic phone calls that connect to Otherworld, and seven pack bears, each with their own demonic authority ruled by their egos. 
And the egos in the game are the seven deadly sins, pride, wrath, envy, greed, gluttony, sloth, and lust. And you get points and experience in those things depending on the decisions you make and the actions you take in various situations as you create your character. And it fucking looks awesome. I don't know if it's going to be awesome, but I think it looks great. I'm excited about this game. I'm looking for something like this. I'm feeling especially saucy because of Persona 4 where I'm feeling into like uh, with the JRPG genre, right? I'm feeling like I was talking about with Sea of Stars and others. I'm feeling drawn back into these games and the familiarity of some of the because it sounds what does it sound like? It sounds like Danganronpa. And I think that that will be cool. It also has a little taste of Trails of, Trails of Heroes and it has a little taste of obviously Persona and all of that, Shimagami Tensei. But I'm excited about this game. Chris, I won't even throw it to you because I know you don't care. But Dustin, Thank I'm you. curious what <laughs> I'm curious what you make of this product. I was wondering, I know we brought it up on the show a while ago, but I'm wondering if you have caught up on it because I feel like it is a game that you would dig. Yeah, I'm I'm watching the trailer again now. It It's funny because I think that this game has come up or has been brought to my attention three different times. And every time I completely forget about it until I so see it that's again. That's what you need to know then. Yeah, yeah. but the, it's definitely has strong Persona and Danganronpa vibes, which is, of course, two of my absolute favorite things. And Colin, like you right now, I'm feeling the the anime itch. I, I took a break after Tales of Arise because I really blitzed through that game and was kind of done with it. But now I'm... Uh, I'm watching this show called JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, which has just kind of reignited my my weebdom. And so this looks this looks really nice. I'm excited. Me too. Um this is a February release as well, and I'm looking forward to seeing if it's any good. I trust NIS in some way to identify Western or Eastern games that are that are fit for Western release. They don't always do that well, but remember they're the ones that identify Dang and Rampa. Uh, and many others, Disgaea, of course, which is an internal product, and others. So they do have a good eye, and I'm excited about this. I, I'm a little confused why more people aren't talking about it, which is what makes me a little worried. But I feel like maybe some of the oxygen is being taken up by specifically Shin Megami Tensei Five, and this game looks so similar to that. I don't think it's going to play necessarily similar to that, but I think that's probably taking up some of the oxygen right now. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Dustin, I think we all know what this game is, but let's go to you for your final selection. My final selection, of course, is Elden Ring. And I thought very intentionally, I didn't want to repeat the same things I've been saying over and over again, but I have a new thought just to, to put out there. And that is one of the reasons I'm so excited about this game is that I'm just such a big fan of Hidetaka Miyazaki. He's a really, really interesting guy. If you learn about his, his rise, he grew up super poor in Japan. Eventually his job, he got a job. Let's see, at the Oracle Corporation, and he did, like, oh, account managing is what he did. I was trying to remember exactly what it was. So it doesn't, didn't have a video game background, and he decided to pivot to trying to get a job in the games industry because he played Eco 
Ico was had such an impact on him that he was like, yeah, this is what I, I need to do. And so he ended up get, getting to work at From Software after trying to get a job at all kinds of different places and worked on Armored Core. And the original Demon Souls project, he wasn't even the lead on. They kind of gave it to him uh, late, not late, but after they kind of didn't know really what to do with it. And they thought, fuck it, we'll give it to him. And the initial reception for Demon Souls was so poor that he thought that he completely blew it and that that was kind of his chance and it, it would never happen again. And then obviously we all know that Demon Souls ended up blowing up and being uh, a surprise hit. And just to see his, his rise as we were talking about a few, few weeks ago, the art, uh, uh, I always say it wrong. Auteurs. Yes. Yeah. The auteur, the auteur, but he's, he's kind of the, the anti Kojima in that he doesn't want to be viewed that way. He's very private and he doesn't do, I mean, he does interviews, but he never tries to make it about himself. He makes it about his team and the game itself. And he, he's just always been very intriguing to me. And that's, it's one of those situations where obviously the games are amazing. I love them, but my interest in him enhances the experience. And so yeah, Miyazaki, he's amazing. And the Elden Ring, you know, we just got that story trailer that I mentioned. I didn't watch at the the Game Awards. A lot of people really, really liked it. He's been evolving his storytelling, uh, particularly in Sekiro, while still being cryptic and weird, was more on the nose. And of course, this game has some writing credits from George R. R. Martin, creator of uh, Song of Ice and Fire, Game of Thrones. So very lore heavy. In mm-hmm. fact, that kind of Colin might be the, the biggest thing that would potentially interest you in this game. It's just, uh, it feels like there's history here in this new world. And I love that. Well, that's, I got to say, that's one of the things, although not to the extent you're describing, but one of the things that I thought was attractive about Bloodborne, I loved skulking around and there's just a, little, a person inside a door talking to you, or there's just a little mysterious sigil or note or something. It is very intriguing. I like that kind of stuff. I'm I'm happy you're happy because I know a lot of people are really looking forward to it. And I I know you brought it up and I know we brought this up in the past, but it's important to kind of reiterate and really nail into people's minds. Demon Souls was so weird. Yeah. As a product. And I remember getting Demon Souls at IGN and like in a box, like the game, the box copy. And we were like, what the fuck is this? And and as I've said in the past, the game came out. And we didn't review it. And then people were like, what are you doing? It This this furor started to grow. And so we had a freelancer review it. And they ended up getting a 9.3. Sam Bishop, who was our, an old freelancer of ours, did it. And there aren't many of those. There are just not many games then or now that just arrive and you're like, what is this? And Demon's Souls was that game. Anyone who, I don't want to say anyone, but most people who were like, oh yeah, I love Demon's Souls from the first second. I pre-ordered it and stuff. I'm like, I don't think you did. Like I, 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 in fact, there was so little furor for Demon Souls. The story about Demon Souls is that Demon Souls was a is a PlayStation IP. We know that now from well, we've always known that, but Blue Point did the PS5 exclusive. But Sony believed in it so little that they didn't publish it outside of Japan. Atlas published it, and that's unbelievable. 
Like when you go back and think about that, that's unbelievable. Sony <laughs> let From Software off the hook. It is one of the greatest business blunders, I think, in triple in recent AAA history. Dark Souls by right should be a PlayStation franchise. And they just let them walk away and sign with Bandai Namco. It was a massive blunder. And that's what Bloodborne was trying to rectify. And now they're going to try to rectify with Bloodborne again. All right. Oh, I want to, should we, we should read this from Jeffrey Leonard. He says, hey, fellas, my pick for most anticipated title is Elden Ring. In an industry that is spilling over with games launching in an abysmal state, it's nice to know that developers such as From Software are reliable to release a product that fulfills what was marketed to its players. I, I don't know. I thought one, no. I, I'm interested <laughs> in, you know what you're getting. It's not, for, if it's not for you, there's no chicanery involved with how they convince gamers to spend their hard-earned dollars. I'm curious about what you think of this. I thought that that wasn't the case with a couple of their games. Uh, it's getting better, <laughs> but definitely, <laughs> I mean, that's the the Achilles heel of From Software is their technical ability in their their games is uh, not very good, particularly Bloodborne. Still, even on PS5, it sure it technically runs at 30 FPS, but it's got frame pacing issues, so it looks juddery and weird. Same thing with uh, their most recent release, Sekiro. If you played on a base PS4, not good. So it's. I think they deliver in the quality of the game, but they're not spotless for sure. All right, Chris, I throw it back over to you. You can, if you have anything to say about Elden Ring, please do. But otherwise, I'm I'm ready for your number one. Yeah, no, I, I'm 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 looking forward to Elden Ring, but I think uh, I I was de- I was definitely not going to steal that from <laughs> from Dustin. <laughs> mm. I'm looking forward to that game a hell of a lot. I think it's I think it's going to be awesome. The fact that we have a jump button again, I'm just like I'm. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. a video game. It's a video game for me. Good. But I, I think this might be surprising to some people because I don't know if I have that many obvious choices for 2022. 2022, like we said earlier in the show, is a wild card year. I feel like a lot of things could surprise us. A lot of things could kind of come out of nowhere. A lot of games that we think look kind of bad might might be might turn out to be complete 9.5 out of 10 material. But I am really, really looking forward to a Plague Tale Requiem and. Honestly, I'm not even really sure why. I, th- I think I played the first Plague Tale with a bit of, I don't know, maybe lower expectations than I anticipated, or maybe I just expected it was going to be one of these games that has me walking around with my wife real slow, just going <laughs> through conversations, you know, like, or, or just, uh, I, just, it, this always bothered me. Like, even in the, what, I know now that it's, a loading thing for earlier games, like in, in the original Gears of War, where you'd be sprinting and then all of a sudden Marcus would be like, he'd put his hand up to his ear and then you couldn't move oh. more than like a stand. I'm like, why are you doing this to me? Just let me play the game that I bought. And this was one of those games. It was a, it was a slower game. It was a game where you didn't have a lot of offensive capabilities. It was very stealth oriented, very character focused, very story heavy, a little bit fantastical. I thought the setting of just plague-ridden France was awesome. I think on a visual spectrum, I think it it really nailed this kind of middle ground between realistic and stylized. And I, I really grew to care about these characters and, and this this world and this... Just the technology around the rats I thought was really cool. Just the, the, sw- the way the swarms looked and the way that they kind of reacted to 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 light and and the different ways that that played into the game 
really impressed me on a design front. I think it's like a really solidly designed video game. I had some gripes with it that I think were mostly technical. Like I ran into a couple bugs uh, and there were some strange choices in, in set pieces and encounters and some of the puzzles got a little boring. But when I finished that game, I felt like I had played something that I was thankful that I had played and seeing this tr- this new game kind of promising a little bit more offensive capabilities and uh, a little bit more of a kind of a second chance to kind of iron out those small details. If you can give me a game that I'm s- happy with but have criticisms of, I'm more than happy to see like how much the studio has learned from it and how much they can improve on that original formula. And I think there's a lot to improve with the original A Plague Tale, but I think what could be there after those improvements is really cool, really special, and really interesting. And it's, it is something that I'm just really, really looking forward to, and I definitely wouldn't have expected that uh, before I played the first game. And I'm just, I don't know, I, I'm feeling pretty optimistic about it. It looks cool. I'm fascinated by Asobo because the studio because mm-hmm. they also make Flight Simulator. Yeah, so strange. And so they actually have both of these products going yeah. back and forth, which is which is cool. And uh, they're really growing into their own. I wonder if someone's going to scoop them up because they're working with Focus Interactive on Plague Tale, which is a growing publisher, and then they have this relationship with Microsoft. So I wouldn't imagine that they're going to be independent for much longer. I would definitely no, yeah. I mean, I keep mean, an eye out for them. The, the sheer... I mean, the sheer versatility in being able to make something like a Plague Tale and then make flight that's so... In, that's way beyond making Killzone and then making, you know, Horizon. You know, that's such a strange... <laughs> the fact that one studio can do both of those things is, is, is wildly impressive to me. And the fact that they do both of them well is, uh, you know, that's a, that's a notch under their belt for sure. And I think that, uh, I think you're right. I don't, I don't think they're going to be independent for much longer. Someone's going to scoop them up. I wonder who it'll be though. Hopefully it's not Tencent. Yeah. I hope it's focus yeah. inter- entertainment. I'm f- I'm fine with them building a little stable yeah. for themselves. All right. The final game for me is February 4th, 2022 gone gold already. So we know it's really coming game dying light to stay human from Techland. I can't wait. This is the culmination of seven years of waiting for this game. And it really has been about that long. I played Dying Light in 2015 and I played it again in 2017. And it's an extraordinary game. And in playing Far Cry 6 recently, which I love, there is so much Dying Light in Far Cry 6. I I don't know if people who are playing it understand how much Dying Light influences in that Far Cry game, but it's everywhere. And I want to see if they can realize the, the potential of the original game, which I think they did to a great extent. And I think they have more to prove. They took their time. They did the antithesis of what CD Projekt did, which is they just were like, we're just not ready. We're just not ready. We're just not ready. We're just not ready. And that's annoying as fuck because this game has been in development for so long and we've also seen them release so much DLC for the original Dying Light. You almost want to strangle those motherfuckers sometimes. But they they finally got this game out or they're about to get this game out. And I have high expectations and I'm going to be going into this one pretty excited. You know, the night of the day of February 4th, I'm going to be all over this bad boy. And uh, I love the way the first game tied together a very tired zombie trope with a very exciting and very nimble and very new, almost mirrors edge-esque traversal system mm-hmm. combined with shooting and action mechanics, really fun story, 
fun characters, cool world. I've stayed totally out of what it's even about at this point. I don't even know what the game's about. Yeah. And so I'm amped up. Dying Light 2, Stay Human, February 4th, PS4 and PS5. I don't know if you guys have anything to say about that, but I'm writing it on my list, so I make sure to put that in the, uh, in the description. All right. Guys, we have a few comments here from the audience that will round out some games we didn't select. Mm-hmm. So let's read them out. Ruben Barrett wrote in, said, Hi guys, with all the craziness of Activision and Blizzard, my most anticipated game is still a seemingly little, is a little suspect, Diablo 4. It's already been delayed and the constant issues of games as a service infecting just about every genre I'm a little concerned about. At its core, the Diablo games are non-monetizable. You play the game, grind and pick up items over and over again. To alter this is to alter the game at its core and make it not a Diablo game. Excuse me. My pessimistic side has me thinking how Blizzard can screw this up and the state of the company has me thinking they're at least going to try. It's really the last stand for Blizzard, in my opinion, as the quality of their games has dropped ever increasingly over the past decade. I'm trying to be positive, but goddamn, is it hard. I am not a Diablo fan. When I was at IGN, I remember Diablo 3 coming out and people were just absolutely through the roof amped uh, on the PC channel. So, but it's just not for me. I'm not into these grindy ass games. Are either of you looking forward to this? Yes. Talk I am. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot riding on this game just with the state of Blizzard. We've We've talked about this in the past, but... You have a game like Overwatch 2, which seemingly doesn't need to exist and is having issues with development. And Diablo, eventually Diablo 3 got to a really good spot. And I think that the the current version you can play is very good. But this one is a new Blizzard. It's new leadership. And so... It really is anyone's guess what it's going to be like. I I want it to be awesome, but I have very little confidence in Blizzard as a whole uh, around it. So, what do you think, Chris? Yeah i I actually like Diablo. I'm not super into it. I don't I don't know lore or really any of that. But like I remember when Diablo three came to console. Um, that's how I actually got introduced to it. A friend of mine was like, yeah, you should play Diablo. It's like, yeah, I'm not really into CRPG, like the loot thing. I'm, I don't know. Like, I'm not super into it. He's like, no, it's actually like super fun on like couch co-op and, and co- it really is. And, and I played it with him and it, it, it totally was. It's a lot of fun on specifically couch co-op with friends is so much fun. Like, I don't know how it played when it came out on PC originally. I know there was like a huge like error that was going around. that was like made that launch a disaster, but I have a really good impression of Diablo 3 and it's made me curious about Diablo 2 but I've been bouncing around between so many games lately that I just haven't bothered to look into it but I mean assuming that they don't fuck with it too much I I, I don't see how Diablo 4 could be bad you know what I mean like it, it almost seems like they would have to try because the formula is so proven and it seems like such a simple game to nail that like shoving live service elements in there they had i feel like even activision would be wary of doing something like that especially now you know like i feel like there's almost a weird level of safety in the fact that everything is crumbling around them right now because i don't think they're going to want to rock the boat in in the way that they have in previous years they're not going to they're not going to go on stage and be like you guys have phones don't you you know they're not going to you're not dealing with that activision right now you're dealing with an activision that is scared as hell you know this is not a good place for activision to be I don't think they want to rile anybody up. If they had live service plans for this game, 
I would not be surprised to see those completely abandoned just as a way to kind of course correct the narrative in their favor. Because I do think they are the studio to do that or, or the publisher to do something like that. Even if I do think that could be temporary for like release period. Because we know that they've, <laughs> we I know personally that they're totally willing to just promise things like, yeah, no microtransactions, get reviews glowing about how positive the lack of microtransactions are only to add them in in a patch like a couple months after the game comes out. Therefore, complete, just the, the, really shady and dishonest. So it's weird. I, I, I want to look forward to Diablo 4, but I feel like I'm better off just playing the older Diablos. You know? That just well, seems like... I the- think we're going to find out. I, I'm, it's so funny because on the last episode or two episodes ago, we brought up Diablo 3 and the auction house yeah. and the clever way that they allowed people to monetize stuff. And they actually have an ability built into the game and built into the expectations of the audience that they could do something new, different, exciting, that people can actually make their own money on. Yeah. And, but you know what you're going to end up finding with Diablo 4 is like NFTs. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, I mean, I, and also I just hope they know better because Diablo is sacred. It's not like Overwatch or something like Diablo is more important. Yeah. Than than that. I think. But I was I was going to say, oh. though, that people really hated the auction house. <laughs> like, I don't know a single soul who like likes Diablo who has a positive thing to say about the, uh, the auction oh, well, house. Well, fair enough. I always thought that it, it always sounded like a cool way for people to... I don't know. Maybe Dustin... Like, to keep the better... microtransactions in... It just seemed to me that it's like the microtransactions are internal, right? I, I, I think so. I'm not super familiar. I didn't engage with it on that level. Like I, like I said, I played a co- couch co-op with a friend. Trevor Myers wrote in and said, hey, CDC, the game I'm most looking forward to in the new year is Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. The trailer and gameplay previews make it really seem like this is what Borderlands 3 should have been, especially with how bad Borderlands 3 story was. Wonderland is going to take the level of customization to 11 with the different character classes, races, and all the different offensive weapons like magic and the returning guns. The fact that spells are items you find rather than learn has me really hyped for the spinoff. Hope you all have fun, a fun Christmas and a happy new year. So I just want to say, first of all, I love Borderlands 3. I'm sick of people talking shit about it. Oh, I'm gonna Borderlands 3 was awesome. I love Borderlands 3. I thought it was a really exceptional game and really fun. I have to say when I was seeing this, I was just ignoring this over and over again. It does look fun. Like there's no doubt in my mind that this game coming out March 25th on PS4 and PS5 in my estimation looks like a ton of fun. But I just don't know if it's going to be one of those games that slips through the cracks for me. Yeah. But I feel like this game is going to bomb. Let's be clear about that. But I feel like i might actually end up playing it i don't know if you guys have any opinions on it one way or the other but i I think it looks cool i just uh, i don't know the the borderlands writing is 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 really great i actually don't think borderlands 3 was that bad i i think the uh i think the thing that really got me off of borderlands 3 was just the the poor optimization of it like it just didn't run well for me on playstation and i just remember trying to play it and trying to enjoy it and just all these frame pacing issues and, and it just it even on performance mode I would get I would get stutters and I was like this is just unacceptable for a game like Borderlands you know it's nothing that complicated is going on it's cell shading if anything performance should just lower whatever it needs to lower to get me to 60 because it's fucking Borderlands like I'm not counting the individual hairs on fucking uh, you know tiny tina's head like i don't care so that's the one thing that really peeled me away from borderlands 3 I, I thought the story was fine like i actually was enjoying where it was going up until that up until the point where i just i couldn't take the inconsistent framing anymore but i i, I think this new game 
I think it looks cool. I think the premise is actually a lot more enticing than standard Borderlands. I think the idea of like magic and and kind of D and D and I, I think the presentation is inherently a lot more interesting to me than just oh another Borderlands Definitely. because Borderlands Definitely. two in my opinion was fantastic. I, I think um, it was really hard for any Borderlands game to follow that up, and I think Borderlands three in my opinion, didn't necessarily live up to Borderlands 2, although, granted, I hadn't finished it for the reasons I was stating earlier, but I have a feeling I might jump into this one eventually because I do think the presentation is cool. The writing is still something that I'm not super big on, but if the game is fun and the presentation is cool and it's interesting and it does fun things with the premise, I think I could could probably see myself giving this a shot and uh, give it an old college try. You know? Cool. All right. Let's hear from Jeshua Anderson. Said, sup, fellas? Saints Row. I'm anxious to see if Volition can return this franchise to form. With GTA 6 off in the distant horizon, the trilogy remaster in terrible shape, and no other real third-person open-world games of similar style currently taking up the public consciousness, there's no better time to release. I totally agree. Uh, this was a game, actually, that I almost had on my list. I think that if it was 10, I probably would have had Saints Row on my list instead of five each. We haven't heard from Volition in a while, mm-hmm. you know, now owned and owned for a while by Deep Silver, THQ Nordic and all of that. But the studio long behind games like Red Faction and and the Saints Row franchise. We last saw them in 2017 with Agents of Mayhem, which was the spinoff. I totally agree with what Jeshua was saying. I think that this game has an opportunity. I feel like that's part of why they've delayed is because they realize that they have a massive opportunity, not because of Grand Theft Auto's failure, yeah. but just because of the dearth of there being a single player centric open world GTA like game. So the fact that the game is coming out, you know, in late summer, I think now in 2022 is is excellent. So I totally agree. I'm looking forward to this game. Are, are either of you? I'm cautious about it i don't know if i'm looking forward to it so much as i'm curious how it's going to come out because the the trailer that they showcased um did they show another one they did right they showed Mm -hmm. two yeah i think yeah i think that two of them yeah the two trailers that we've seen so far didn't really give me a lot of confidence i don't know i don't know if they're ever going to hold a candle to crack down three you know that masterpiece (laughs) i think I, I don't know. This game looks like it, it, it's it's a good time for this game to come out, but at the same time, I don't know if what I'm seeing convinces me that they know why it's a good time to release. I feel like they're kind of going a little bit in this weird... It's not Fortnite, but I can't help but see this weird style that they've got going on, and, and just it, it feels like... It feels like a mobile game sometimes when I'm looking at it, like the style of it and, and just the, the structure of it and, and just the way that it the way that it's advertising itself. Like it has me a little concerned. I, th- I think the visual style of it, I don't think it's necessarily leaning to its strengths. Uh, but again, we haven't seen proper gameplay of this thing. And that is really what's going to make or break it. That's really what this whole experience hinges on is the open world fun to play in. We have no idea. All we can go on is art, art direction, some some hints of story, and just the understanding that it's going to be an open world game. We don't know what it's changing from previous Saints Rose necessarily. We don't we don't really have an idea of what this game is yet, and that might be intentional. In which case, not a great sign. I don't know. This this is one that I'm I'm really concerned about more than anything. I'm I'm curious to see how Volition lands this plane, but I. I'm not super confident 
in a smooth landing. The one thing I'm paying attention to with this is just the real consternation in the audience for or in the fan base of Saints Row. They don't seem to be pleased. Yeah. So that seems to make some level of sense. But I also don't really know that they've seen enough or know enough to know if right. it's going to be any good. And that's kind of the thing that's bothering me. I just don't think that Volition would just miss like that again because I feel like Agents of Mayhem was kind of a miss and even Saints Row 4 which people forget even exists well is also I think a game that a lot of people didn't didn't play that came out at that weird cross-gen time between PS3 and PS4 we have to bring this one up Jameson wrote in and said uh season's greetings boys I hope you are doing well I can't help but be the most excited about Gran Turismo 7 coming next year I grew up pouring hundreds of hours into GT3 then hundreds more into GT4 after my Xbox 360 red ringed on me, I brought a PS3, and the first game I got was Gran Turismo 5. With Gran Turismo 6 being released on PS3 right after I got a PS4, I never did dig into it, and I think a lot of GT fans had the same issues. So it's been a decade since we played a true mainline Gran Turismo, and I can't wait to sink my teeth into some 4K 60 frames racing. Looking forward to y'all's coverage of GT7 and all the other upcoming PS5 games. Happy Festivus, friends. Thank you, Jameson, for writing in. I don't think we have anything to really say about Gran Turismo 7, but well, we... Well, well I, I would say I'm looking forward to this too, specifically because of the dual sense. Like, oh, I, yeah. I think playing Forza Horizon over on the Xbox ecosystem really made me appreciate these kinds of games a little bit more than I, I have in the past. And I think the whole time I was playing Forza, I was like, this is great, but it would be awesome if I could activate dual sense while I was playing this. And if they take advantage of that, which I imagine they will, it would be astounding if they don't, then this could be really cool. And I'm totally down to check this this game out. It's funny. I was talking to Micah about that where I was like, should I just play Gran Turismo? And it's like, I don't even have the frame of reference to understand this game. I don't drive. Mm. I don't care about cars. I don't care about sim racing. I don't care. about. it's like, it's just, there's no way to dice it. It's just not for me. But I know that this is a big game. Comes out PS4 and PS5 March 4th. So it's not too far off. Thank you for writing in. Dion wrote in and said, good day, Moriarty's and Son- uh, Moriarty and Sons. Long time, first time. I'm looking forward to many games next year, but one I don't think anyone else will mention is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. The older I get, the more nostalgic I get for old-style games. Dotemu gave us Streets of Rage 4 in 2020, and I thought it was incredible. A perfect combination of simplistic old-school controls with modern sensibilities. Dotemu was publishing for Indie Dev Tribute, who I'm not familiar with, and I've never played the old TMNT games, but for some reason I am very drawn to this one. I think I would rather play a dozen well-crafted, tight, and fugacious games over the year instead of two or three big-budget and bloated live service experiences. Thank you for writing in, Dion. You don't know Tribute, but I know Tribute, and they're an excellent studio. You should be very excited. I think this is a really great selection for TMNT. So the game I'm most familiar with them is 2014's PS4 game Mercenary Kings, which was fucking awesome. And that was one of the very first indie exclusives to come to the console. I don't think it's on PlayStation or on Xbox and Switch still. It later came to Vita. But Mercenary Kings was one of those games when the PS Loves Indies, we were talking about earlier about Drinkbox, same era. And Mercenary Kings was one of the games that came out of there. But they, they released Curses and Chaos. They did Ninja Senki and Flinthook. But the game that's really big for them in the last year or so was Panzer Paladin, which is on Switch and PC only. It still hasn't come to PS4. I don't know when it will, but people absolutely love that game. So this game is in very good hands. I totally agree. I'm also looking forward to it. And yeah, shout out to Dotemu. Really great organization bringing back River City and Double Dragon and all sorts of stuff. It says macro here, but I'm pretty sure it was Marco wrote in and said, Happy holidays to Santa's three most special elves. Yeah, you see that. Mm. The 2022 release I'm most excited for is Gotham Knights. 
I know how you all feel about the so-called cape shit, but superheroes, comic books, and the Arkham games are very special to me. Nightwing and the other Bat family characters are some of my favorites, so I've been dreaming up this game since Arkham Knight's release. I only hope the gameplay manages to hold up what, for me, is a perfect premise. I'm looking forward to seeing your coverage of all things that are to come. Make sure to wish the chicken a happy Festivus between thrusts. Thank you, Marco, for writing in. So, Dustin, I'm curious what you think of this, because I have to say when we brought up Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League earlier, which I'm looking forward to, this is actually the DC game that I'm much more anxious to play because I like Batman a lot and that that universe a lot. So I even though it's not the studio you might want, Rocksteady is the studio you might want. I still feel like this is the game you might want. Uh, Do you have any interest in this one? I'm interested. I am hesitant just because it's it's been a while since I watched that trailer but I remember feeling like some of the RPG aspects, the leveling aspects that they included in the trailer seemed kind of strange. I also just am unsure about taking the Arkham formula and then changing it into a multiplayer game, whereas Suicide Squad is built from the ground up to be multiplayer. I need to go back and, and look into this more. I should, I feel like I should be more excited just as, since I was a huge Arkham fan of those mm-hmm. games. And while it's not rock steady, there's still a lot of promise just from the IP. So I need to, I'll, I'll go back and watch this trailer. Maybe that will reignite something within me. John O wrote in and said, hello, bearded ones. And Chris, I got to say, I'm looking forward to six days in Fallujah. We will finally see if the developers meant what they said about taking the story seriously, or if they just wanted an excuse to make a call of duty clone. A more lighthearted pick is the Suicide Squad game. Well, no lighthearted picks from you, Jono. I like the Six Days in Fallujah pick. Yeah. I'm excited about this too. Uh, High Wire Games, Victoria Publishing, delayed an entire year. I think they didn't say 2022. They said quarter four 2022. That's a significant delay. I think that means that they're getting maybe a little more investment, sheening or shining it to a sheen, and getting everything right. Yeah. Crossing the T's, dotting the I's. What do you think, Chris? I, yeah, I, I I hope it's good. You know, this is something that really needs to be as polished as it can be. There's there's no room for error on this because it's already bad enough when a game comes out and it's it doesn't work or it's not good. It's another thing when a game comes out and doesn't work and it's not good and it's supposed to be a, a documentary a documentary about real loss of life and real conflicts. You know, there's there's a lot of pressure on that team to get this right and. There's a lot of really incredible design talent behind this. You know, like I, I know Marty O'Donnell is behind the audio design. Jamie Griesemer is like a really crazy, crazy designer. And he's working on this as well. There's, I I don't know, I'm, I'm mixed on this. I think this could be really, really great. But at the same time, it's it has expectations that I I don't think any other game has ever had. So you know, going up against those and, and sort of delivering something that people are going to be satisfied with. There's no way this game gets like a nine out of 10. You know what I mean? Like people are going to be, people are going to be, even if it's great, people are going to feel some type of way about it. Uh, And I think that's what makes me more curious than anything. I'm looking forward to it. I want to play it. I hope it's good. It would be cool to see Highwire and uh, Marty and his team do something really cool. That isn't just tied to stuff that they've done before. So I'm rooting for this one. Worst fanboy ever wrote in and say and says and say and so I'm so tired today. Hello, catechism crew. 
My most anticipated game of 2022 is a game that has been sitting on my shelf gathering dust for 366 days now. That game, of course, is Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> While I normally subscribe to and preach the word of do not pre-order games, I fell for this one hook, line, and sinker. See, and you should say stinker. CD oh. Projekt has earned enough goodwill on uh, from me with Witcher 3 for me to trust that Cyber 20, Cyberpunk 2077 would be more of the same. What I received with Cyberpunk was numerous bugs, multiple crashes, and no choice but to move on to other games. I still believe that CD Projekt is going to make the right, at least uh, make this right, at least for PS5 anyway, and I am hopeful that 2022 is the year I can finally dive into Night City. Thank you for everything you do and keep on being the master of your domain. I'll play it probably in 2022 once it comes out, but we'll see. I just wanted to acknowledge that that is a, a 2022 release for PS5. And finally, Black Magic Fuckery, the Bussy Butcher. Right in. <laughs> the Bussy Says, Butcher. Damn. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> Now, I have a question about this word pussy. Mike and I were talking about this. Is it boy pussy? Yes. Or is it? That's what it is. I assume. Okay. That's what I that's what I assume, too. And then she said she wasn't she didn't know if it was just a way for people to not say pussy like kids and stuff. And I'm like, I don't think so, because isn't it, it pussy is like not much better than saying pussy. It's they're the same yeah, the, thing. The, the, the more the more egregious part of the word is still completely intact. Like, uh, <laughs> That didn't really make, yeah that that analysis didn't really make any sense for Micah but black magic fuckery the bussy butcher wrote in wow said hey boys I am sacrificing calves at the altar of stray for next year oh we have a 2022 release but no release date a cute kitty living in a street urchin and a claustrophobic cyberpunk city sounds like the game my seven year old self wanted but assumed I never would get is it is the only CDC anyone can trust excited about this one too and if I may why don't we see more animal protagonists. This is good. This is a good question. Thank you for writing in Black Magic Fuckery. First of all, Stray does look cool. It was supposed yeah. to come out this year. It's coming out next year. Annapurna is publishing it. A new studio, I think they're called Blue 12, is developing it. And it does look neat. And I'll say it reminds me of the old PS3 game, Tokyo Jungle, a little bit. And that might be a game you want to look into. That's a first-party game from Japan Studio. That was a PSN release on PS3. And it's... I think that's an underrated game. Like, I would like to go back to that one day and play it again. That was such a strange game and, and very strange. That was from the strange Sony era, which was fun. That was when they released, like, Rain and Datara and all that, like, weird shit. But any excitement for Stray from you guys? Yeah, I, I think it looks cool. I, I wouldn't say I'm excited. Like, it, I, I would imagine it's one of those things where... I'll wake up one day, see that Stray is out, and be like, oh, good. I'm lo I was looking forward to this. And then I'll play it. But I'm not going to be I'm not going to be counting down the days like etching, etching. Uh, what is it? Days, days since I heard about Stray into my arm in a prison cell or anything. I'm excited. Just uh, I love cute things. I don't know if the audience has picked up on this. I love small animals and big animals. I just, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm watching the gameplay again and just being able to play as this little cat in a robot world. Even if the game sucks, I will find some enjoyment in that little yeah. aspect alone. The premise. Yeah. He likes small animals and he likes big animals. I like them all. <laughs> yeah. They're all cute. I love yeah, them. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Maybe give animals the cat are a, wonderful. If you give the cat a gun, I'll play it maybe. Dude. Yeah, you can put a little like backpack on him. <laughs> a gun on the pulls, top. And he pulls it with his tail. You Dude. Know, like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I like so that. Be kind of cool. All right, boys. Well, that's all we have for this episode, this special episode of sacred symbols of playstation podcast as we move into 2022 we hope everything is well in your lives and you had a i think by the time this comes out you'll you would have already had a good christmas and mm -hmm. around new year's all of that be well be healthy 
Uh, Chris, you have any closing comments? No, man. I think we had a lot of good picks today. I was kind of, I was kind of surprised that uh, none of you picked Cyberpunk except for that one guy because I know you're all really excited for it. Mm. Yeah. Dang. Fair enough. It's a shame. Dustin. Uh. No, this is, I was trying to figure out, our last show of the year for patrons and our, technically our first public feed show of 2022, so just thanks everybody for the the support. This has been a, a crazy year for the company at large, yeah. rebranding and bringing me on and uh, just very, very appreciative for uh, this a crazy 2021. Yeah, it's pretty wild, man. I mean, we have several million audio downloads but the show has really exploded on for the year but our, our show has exploded on youtube where it's not quite half our audience but you know a lot of people are are watching there a substantial amount so it was, it was especially heartening to do video finally and um and yeah so we, we and we might have something to say about future episodes as well future fun dynamic maybe a live episode or something like that we'll, we'll have more to say about that in the in the near future but uh yeah, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah. Well, Hanukkah's long over. Uh, Happy New Year to all you atheist freaks <laughs> and losers out there. <laughs> I, I, I'm not much of a believer myself, but I hope everyone finds some togetherness, some family, and go into 2022 with your he head held high. Hopefully things will be better than they've been the last couple of years. I leave you on that note, and we'll see you next time for more Sacred Symbols. Until then, goodbye. See ya. Take care, guys. Sacred Symbols, a PlayStation podcast, is a product and trademark of Last Stand Media and Collins Last Stand LLC and is proudly recorded in the USA. The show is conceived by, is written by, and is directed by me, Colin Moriarty. My co-hosts are Chris Raygun Maldonado and Dustin Furman. The show is produced by executive producer Dustin Furman. It's edited by associate producer Ben Smith. All of Last Stand's theme music is by my best friend, Ramon Narvaez. As you know, all of Last Stand's shows, including Sacred Symbols, are fan-funded on Patreon at patreon.com slash laststandmedia. The following names are at the producer level on Patreon, our highest tier, and we're grateful for your thoughtful and kind contributions to our independent endeavor. Thank you. Andrew Morgan, Stephen Nieder, Ross Marenka, Miguel A. Brewer, Morgan Ashley, Azan, Michael Vecchio, Jerome Ferreira, SLDFMA, Jorge Palmino, Daniel D'Amour, Brad Cooley, Jeremy Key, Patrick Leslie, Dave Cowell, Tom Quinn, Grayson Maxwell, Cody Woodall, Sorta Serious Gaming, Unofficial Controller Podcast, Colin Farley, Mark Arnold, Zia Parix, Henry Groth, Joshua Rids, Relentless Rex, Troy Miller, Meyer Katz, Jordan Mittman, J.A. Zhu, Tristan Palacio, Strew Mullen, Christian R., Jad Rita, Patrick Skipper, Sweaty Mitt, Chris Kelly, Dustin Graff, Peyton Stone, Roberto, Josh Hallen Rui, Tyler Watkins, Michael Buffel, Troilus True, Dan Root, Talisman, Christopher, Randall Holsey, Robbie Nauman, Nuke Dukum, Jim Bob 56, William Holbert, Josh Godfrey, Kalike Souza, Vornak, Betty Ann Moriarty, Daniel Johnson, H Trons, Jay Getter, Bjorn Campbell, Jeff Mercado, Gregory Slavinsky, Galja of Fortuna, Boots, Tyler Brown, Megadet, Poot, Gavin Newland, Saul Balcazar, Zach Parsley, Brian White, Raul Melendez, Eric Harden, Alex Bolton, Matt Martin, Kinnums, Joseph Baker, Rodney Coleman, Chris Moore, Caswell, Anti Kinnanen, Chris, Will Hernandez, Chris Galvin, Justin Gonzalez, Mason Cadillac, Ollie Fritz, Derek O, Zach Allum, Kyle Hagel, Christopher, Colin Love, Daryl E. Naiman, Ryan R. Kittredge, Toby Ryland, Michael S., David Bostick, Stewie108, Patrick Montgomery, Damon W., Tom Cargill, Richter86, Steve Hodge, Ian Bravo, Barrett Boswell, Christopher DeVaio, Chris Morton, Kevin Komaki, Johnny Waffles, Roto24, Jonathan Coach, Sean Mason, Josh Gravelick, Jordan Town, Brian Chan, Organic Produce, Carlos Algorit, Richard Hebert III, Miranda Grubba, Josh Yeager, Martin Beck, Gavin, Joey Andrzejczyk, Nathan R., Joe McPartland, Gary Cavallo, Christopher Moore, Jacob Bell, Dennis Usel, Eric 
Finkenbeiner, Lou and Ray Loper, Dylan Burns, Jason Lusky, Malachi Wall, John Schultz, David Chestnut, Anton K, Brian W. Rath, Alan Tremblay, Tyler Bellow, Ryan T. Mandel, Tony Zuniga, Sean Battershall, Robbie Hensley, Alex Cabrera, Lennon Brixey, James Kinslow III, Will Caldwell, Hugo's Desk, Peter Reynolds, Anthony Vasquez, Adam Kiniston, Tyler Goodwin, William O'Carroll, Jesper Jansen, Max Cannon, Phil Crone, Throw7, Adam Nix, Josh McKinney, Michael Gates, Alex Gates, Ryan Robertson, Sean Chandler, Petro Rose, Lockmore, Gio Corsi, Joey Gontholiger, Gerald Pennington, Justin Wagaman, David Iacolucci, Paul Joyce, Edwin Castillo, Chad Lewis, Enrique Perez, Joshua Smallwood, Spencer Brand, Don Lee, John Cordero, Keith A. Lewis, Marius Garson Peterson, Ryan Greenwood, Tyler Harris, Matthew Perdue, Patrick Harper, Mad Mock Media, Jonathan Rice, and Casual Misfits Gaming. But I, I that friend and, and like the people who liked Diablo at the time that I was playing it, I oh, remember hold, hold, a lot of Hold on a second. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Oh, shit. Sorry, I was just getting a phone call that I need to take. Oh, no worries. I apologize. It's my pool people. Oh, no, no worries. I thought Colin was about to like poop his pants for a second. Yeah, yeah. Because he mentioned that fart earlier, and I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, well, here it comes." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Can you refund movie tickets? <laughs> you can host the best backyard barbecue when you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.